Welcome to Front Row Geeks. Podcast, the audio, hello, I am Baron Fox, Eddie, joined by Asher slash David, Yo. and Michael Fates. How y'all doing? Hi, y'all. At least I'm... we got the name right this time. Yes. I, close, you... close enough, close enough. Right, Accent is... slightly, the, the emphasis is slightly off, but it's okay. okay. where is it? Give it to me. Give it... Fates. Fates. Like fate. <sighs> See, I, th- I, thought I, I thought that was too much, and I thought I was messing it up. I practiced that. Okay, good to know. <laughs> Okay, well, it's good better. to know that your practicing did not pay off, but it paid off a little bit, so I'll take it. <laughs> I am literally sweating to make sure I get your name. Now that we're past this point, I feel a lot better. It's funny It's funny that you're sweating to get your name, get my name right, <laughs> and normally nobody gets my name right uh, with my real name, so I mean, okay. <laughs> well, I, I mean, if we're going to go down that route, like, I know I've, I've, used, I've pronounced the word Michael before, I just had to translate it into a, a different spelling. Fates is not a name I am ever familiar with in real life, so I don't have that luxury. Oh, fair, fair. By the way, is that based on an, on, a, on a name you've heard somewhere? I guess we can dig into that real. Uh, I mean, not really. It's it's less a name and more a concept, but it's yeah, it's not really a topic. It's it's not even a side topic. It's just we can move. I on. was simply curious. Hi, everybody. So let's get into it. We got a little <laughs> bit to talk about today. Let's do it. Um, let's start with a little bit of our favorite go-to in the beginning of these pods, Cyberpunk. Oh, boy. Uh, Cyberpunk Chronicles continue. So, uh, they've issued a very formal apology, as well as a roadmap, uh, for going forward. And mail Koopa in that familiar yellow. Yep. Uh, so, basically, the major roadmap is currently they're going to be trying to get Major Patch 1.1 out, um, which... A lot of people are going like, oh, hey, this is going to fix all the bugs. And I'm like, ah. <laughs> no, it's going to fix a majority of the bugs or at least some of the Heavier glaring ones. ones. And if it's a majority, I'd be I feel like we're not going to get yeah. majority. <laughs> but um, essentially after they get uh, so after that, they're going to be working on patch 1.2, which even though their roadmap doesn't have like a detailed timeline it looks like patch 1.1 should be fairly soon ish i probably hazard a really and this is a really bad guess uh that uh it's probably going to be somewhere in march ish february like late february Mm -hmm. at the earliest um but after that they're going to try and do uh patch 1.2 and then start the various smaller miniature updates and then add in the free dlcs and here's something that i sat here looking for it going like free next gen console update in that roadmap yeah that was always planned kind of like they they had always said that they were going to up the fidelity is the wrong word i want to use they're gonna up the graphics of what you can experience on a next gen okay which is weird, considering all the problems they've had up to the, <laughs> that current, the Quotation. Well, I'm guessing 1.1 is designed to render um, the PS5 slash uh, Xbox, the modern one, 
uh, versions to be closer to actually playable. Uh, actually, a lot of people are kind of hoping 1.1 makes the PS4 and Xbox, uh, not series, uh, the Xbox Series, uh, Xbox Series X is the current gen, yep. whereas Xbox One is the previous gen. Yep. Mm-hmm. Is that they're hoping to make the PS4 and Xbox One the the 1.1 patch, aka playable on those ones, and I kind of hope that is the case too. I, I would hope so, at least, for, I mean, less for my own sake, because I think that I, I can't imagine that they would be that impactful as far as graphics. But, man, I feel so bad for the PS, the last-gen folks. The last-gen folks are the ones who are suffering the most. Yeah, agreed. I, I like how the fact that we're calling it last-gen, I still, in my mind, think that the PS5 and the Xbox One are next-gen are next, uh, next because, to me, it, you're not current-gen until literally you have at least a year or two under your belt. Huh. Because I mean, that's I like not that entirely wrong. I like that definition. I don't mind that Especially, one. Especially the only the only people I think would disagree are early adopters, and early adopters already know if they've done it at least once before that you're not going to have a full console with full at this juncture. Yeah, it's just not how that works. Considering that, like the best way I could make an example of why I kind of use that definition is take a look at the PS2. Take a look at like early PS2 games and then compare them to late PS2 games and you'll see huge differences. Oh yeah, 100%. Early PS2 games look like they're still on the PS1 or uh, with minor improvements and late PS2 games look like they're about ready for the PS3. Yeah. Because they literally are. And the factor is that like nobody, uh, like the early PS2 games, they're not quite sure of the hardware Mm-hmm. or the setup on it so people are trying to go like okay we're going to build this game maybe look make it look a little bit better than like what we'd get on a ps1 mm-hmm. but they're still unquite uh, not quite sure of the hardware yeah where they usually try and push graphics first and even then still don't necessarily get like a 100 percent. this is the best the console can do they're still learning yeah um so in this case, the reason why it's like I'm not again, like not not to insult the early adopters, but just uh, right now there's barely any games on either console that isn't already available on previous gen, or if it is an exclusive, uh, the ones that I can name off the top of my head are either updates to older games. Sorry, Miles Morales and Demon Souls, kind of just updates. Or... I mean, yeah, that's not entirely untrue. And the only one that I could think of that is, like, built for next-gen... Actually, is there any games right now that's built for next... Uh, for quote uh, the PS5 and Xbox Series X? Valhalla, and they're only exclusive. Maybe? Oh, exclusive? Yeah, that thing. Only for them, yeah. No, I, I don't think there is nope. right now. And, and why would there be? Like, that, that'd be... To do that right now would be to leave money on the table for these publishers and developers. Exactly, yeah. which is the other side of the coin of why they don't do that is because they know that early adoption only accounts for a certain percentage of the actual marketplace. So mm-hmm. making something that's exclusive to early adopters is literally shooting yourself in the foot. Like, even Nintendo does it with their Zelda games. Yeah, because uh, Breath of the Wild... I'm one of those people that actually got a Wii U copy of it. I, Psychopath. I mean, what? <laughs> I only had a Wii U at the time. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I can't say too much because keep <laughs> remember, I'm also the person who didn't get Breath of the Wild for quite a chunk of time after it came out. 
yeah. and then finally bought a switch and said oh well now i have a switch i guess i will yep uh <laughs> slightly unrelated but do you know who's the the moron who bought a playstation 4 to to play kingdom hearts 3 when it when it came out uh i'm guessing uh, their name might rhyme with eddie yes Yes, it does <laughs> rhyme with Eddie. That's absolutely correct. Yes, we're talking I, about Freddy. Little did I know that it'd be late that generation before <laughs> it came out. Little late? <laughs> little? <laughs> Just a little. <sighs> but, yeah. Uh, but, no, it, it looks like CD Projekt Red is probably taking a Hello Games approach into it of just diving headfirst into making sure that the game is uh, back up to what they promised for us. Which is not by any stretch of the imagination a bad thing. No. I mean, yeah, they got a lot of flack for it, but if they're going to take a Hello Games approach for it, I am going to back them 100%. As long as they get it right, there's really no reason not to. Now, if they release it, if they come back, uh, you know, six, eight months from now and say, you know what, 100%, this is now correct. This is the definitive copy. This is what you should have gotten at launch. And it's still got big glaring bugs then by all means, rake them across the fucking coals. But I, until then... Yeah, I, I don't think Red Dead. Yeah. With no redemption. <laughs> Boom! Uh, I think that's I think that's probably a good uh, take on uh, update on our good old Cyberpunk 2077. Beautiful. I mean, the only thing I can add to that is that I think by the time this 1.1 update comes out, I'll be done with Cyberpunk. I'm almost at the end of the game. <laughs> So main pl- gameplay, I won't appreciate it, but I know on the stream we probably will because we're going to be on that one for a little while. So yeah, I guess we'll, we'll in some way get to see the, the, the fruit of their labor and how yeah. far they go. So uh, next up is something that I've been kind of seeing on the horizon. Well, not horizon, but it's just a weird thing to actually see technically pu- uh, that's something publicly available. And that's uh, as as our good friend uh, Fates would put it, deep fake voices. Bum, bum, that is bum. in fact what that is in fact what I called it when you first explained this to me. Yes, that is one hundred percent accurate. So uh, to put it's it, a lot more frightening when you put it that way. Well, it, it's not as bad. It's not as like fake as you'd think. It, it sounds really bad when you listen to it. But yeah, uh, no, it, it does not sound. Anyways, that's enough. That's enough. Um, waffling let's get into it so uh i've been seeing it at least through various memes uh something called 15.ai and people just doing a bunch of like do uh, doing voices from team fortress 2 and i'm like oh this doesn't sound too bad i wonder how the, uh, it's like i wonder why they keep putting this 15.a here uh, ai here and why is this this weird mechanical electrical hum on the end of the son- uh, sentences because that's how I got introduced to it, and then it's like when I finally looked into like one of the comments, it's like, oh, this was a voice-generated text-to-speech using minimal voice uh, input to make this. And I sat there for a moment, going like, holy shit, that's impressive. Different and, voices. And basically, 15.ai is literally the website, and uh, the guy, uh, the people behind it. Because uh, it was a uh, MIT project, uh, understudy project. Of, oh, MIT. <laughs> and the factor is that, like, yeah, you if you listen to it, you can hear that there's a certain level that, like, you can tell it's somehow uh, there's some type of mechan- uh, like digital manipulation to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you know it's like there's something uh, that, like, it's not a true voice thing, but when you hear 
like the carny uh, cartoony voices of team fortress 2 it's like oh okay whatever but then it's like other ones that they have are like uh tenant like david tenant of doctor who is one of the voices you can do and i i generated a clip on it and it's like you sat there listening it's like oh god that that sounds kind of like tenant but not quite do you want me yeah, to play it's... the clip i can play the clip and it'll probably be picked up by the podcast i don't know if you'll hear it uh, we must the revive the daleks or edit it in we must revive the daleks oops okay i have played it so yeah, you have heard it i did not hear it but that's okay we can continue yeah but yeah uh, so essentially i mean obviously it's not super high fidelity like anyone who stops and listens to it for a second is gonna go oh that is machine device that is machine uh driven that's not yeah. actually a person talking that's a machine using tenant's voice to say that line um, yeah. my my biggest concern is the people who don't spend that uh second to stop and but that's another story for another day <laughs> yeah um the one thing that the reason why this kind of caught me is the fact that i think it was like two or three years ago um at, at a ces there was an announcement from adobe about announcing something of similar technology that admittedly the process behind it was like you had to have something a lot more significant time-wise in order to recreate a voice uh they didn't state how much uh, like how many sound clips that they had to get but uh from the sounds of it they you they basically had to have roughly it, it sounded like anywhere from like four to eight hours of voice clips of the person in order for them to get enough samples to generate uh like a sound clip I, I didn't this didn't ping in my brain until just now like when we were talking about it earlier i didn't catch but this is 100 percent the precursor to a black mirror <laughs> <laughs> oh boy um but the, uh, the funny thing is that like on uh on the 15.ia's website it tells you how uh, like how long of a clip it took before it could quotations generate something and the, those times are significantly lower than what Adobe set up because, like, like for the tenant one, it says like it it took about twenty seven minutes of voice clips for it to get uh, get high enough to be decently sounding. Um, admittedly, like there's uh, there's a thing on there called confidence, uh, it, and it basically kind of on fifteen dot AI that measures like how close uh, like how close they it feels like it could be two tenants voice and when i did it it was like 78 or something uh, like 78 percent which means that it's like yeah it's 78.96 percent is what i got when i generated that clip which is not terrible especially not when it only used a small amount of data yeah but it's also like i said it's not going to trick anyone like we said it's not going to trick anyone who's actually paying it yeah but the fact is that it took a small amount of data and made something very, I'd say, decently close to him. Yeah, I, I'd say I'd so. give it really close. It's pretty yeah. impressive, knowing the, what it took to make this, which is, I think, the idea is that comparatively very little was needed to create. That's why it's important. Yeah, because um, like I'm not sure whatever happened with Adobe's uh, audio clip, uh, like uh, deep fake voice generator. Um, but they did. Uh, but the one thing I do remember was the fact that uh, on that one, uh, they mentioned that uh, 
Adobe was trying to make sure that there was something in place that would signif uh, signify if it was an actual real person's uh, voice being recorded or if it was uh, one of these voice generator uh, AIs. Which makes honestly a lot of sense, especially considering you said, <laughs> I think you said two, two and a half years ago? Two, almost three years ago, I think. Because that was around the time that we started seeing like people concern about deep fake video deep fake videos everybody knows about photoshop and photoshop right now is just hopefully people by now understand like don't take a picture at face value on the internet some days yeah. of the week some people do some people the do. ones that and why who, who the, i think the first major one i saw one of those was the one of obama and um that uh he did that the direct director for, what what why am i forgetting um uh can't no why am I freaking his keel? Oh, wow. Keel? I don't know why. Why is it? Okay, I looked it up, and it was called Adobe Voco, and it was announced four years ago. Oh, jeez. Oh, wow. Yeah. So even longer ago. Um, Admittedly, uh, it looks like there was possibly uh, some uh, an update in the Adobe Suite about two years ago that allows you to do it, but I'm going to look up the Wikipedia article on it because it Wikipedia is saying that Adobe Voco is currently unreleased. Huh. Uh, previewed November 2016 for the Adobe Creative Cloud. Oh, it was later revealed that Voco was never meant to be released and it was meant to be a research prototype, <laughs> mainly due to concerns of voice manipulation and legal issues surrounding Adobe. <laughs> Fun! Uh, this sounds like a random file you find in a horror video game. Good. Yeah, it was um, a project. It was never meant to be released. <laughs> By the way, that video I was talking about was Jordan Peele deep faking ah, Obama. Uh, okay, but yeah, uh, and, and this is the other reason why I kind of wanted to bring it up is the fact that like the fact that somebody can do this now, um, bring it brings back these concerns a little bit. Is ethical and security concerns raised over the ability to alter an audio recording to include words and phrases the original speaker never spoke? And quotations, the potential risk to voice print biometric. Yeah, no, I definitely see that as well. Like, I'm I'm sitting here, and I don't know, maybe you all have something. I cannot think of a, of a use for this that isn't disturbing or distressing in some way. Um, I'll be honest, uh, like, probably bringing back that uh, <laughs> Black Mirror episode. Yeah, that's about the only thing I can think of. Yeah, it, uh, probably... I mean that or something like um, the equivalent of having something to the equivalent of like the Tupac hologram concert. Yeah, the the one that I can think of generally is um, I, I'm getting into science fiction territory where it's like get in my favorite genre, cyberpunk. <laughs> hmm. uh, Wait, we seem to have a running theme <laughs> is that like in certain uh, in certain uh, shows that I've seen, probably the best example I've seen of this is Ghost in the Shell Standalone Complex, is uh, the factor that, like, with like uh, real-time image manipulation and voice manipulation uh, with cybernetics, uh, technically you can pose as somebody, uh, and it leads to a bunch of controversies with it. Because, mm -hmm. obviously, if, if let's say that you decide to pose as a major political figure, and uh, somehow cause a great huge scandal. Uh, that scandals on them, and that, they it, have no control over it because it was clearly them. Everyone saw that it was them. Yeah, saw but, and heard. Uh, mm -hmm. Saw and heard. 
but the factor is that in our current society it's like uh literally it's like if people are so secretive and then the scandal like this happens they have no way of refuting information unless they have like really good testimony about it um whereas uh, in those science fiction environments uh just seeing somebody and hearing them is not necessarily um evidence it's a potential circumstance unless there is actual physical like forensic evidence to prove that they're there mm-hmm. which is, in a society that's built off of you know full body prosthetics in ghost in the shell that's it, it becomes a really weird way of trying to prove if somebody is there or not so that is quite so a yeah it it, it it this is i mean like right, right now with the factor that it's just being used for just voicing team fortress 2 comics i'd say like i i don't see it getting too big for its britches right now because main culture at the same time that's where it stands today that's not necessarily where it'll stand a week month year from yeah especially if somebody gets their hands on the code and sees what it can actually do if you plug in more than the minimal amount like if you have it Mm -hmm. uh listen to like instead of like 27 minutes of tenant like listen to like two or three hours worth of tenant or Mm -hmm. seven or eight or watch doctor who (laughs) well they have to uh, like you have to make sure that the audio clips are just of tenant yeah because otherwise you're gonna get some weird amalgamation of tenant but also um Dang it! Now, uh, Martha, or um, dang it! <laughs> all the uh... all the companions and all the side characters and all the I was gonna name several, and then I my brain completely fried on every single one. See what you're describing yeah. sounds like an like a like a spinoff audio drama of Doctor. Well, no, but it, because it's literally <laughs> would be mixing their tones and intonations along, so it yeah. would be it wouldn't be like like okay, here's Donna's voice, here's the Doctor's voice. It'd be like. Oh my God! Here is some holy, uh, unholy amalgamation between the two, constantly, nonstop. Make it stop my ears. Oh God! Yeah. So, I, I am very interested in fifteen dot AI, but I'm also kind of thankful that most of the voice clips that he he's allowing people access to are stuff that people would just make meme culture from. Because <laughs> like one of the audio clips is, of course, Hal from two thousand and one. Because of course. Who doesn't want to have Hal say, "There be corn dogs on the horizon, Willie"? Uh, I don't, <laughs> Not in- because that's a very weird for a sentiment to have Hal say. <laughs> I know, and that's why it's like I just p- having people make the super serious computer say something utterly stupid kind of sentiment. Can we get Hal to sing? Sh- if you I don't know, know how, how to do it, it, sing. I would. Oh imagine. no! Technically, oh, you, you can't. Oh, okay. You just have to know uh, a certain way of producing uh, tones in the thing. I'd have to take a look at the FAQ, but I have heard somebody do a quotations sing-song voice. Felt very off, I'll be honest. But I could tell that they were trying to be, you know, very uh, sing-song, as I used the term before. God help us. <laughs> so I, I think we've discussed enough about uh, deep fake audio voices. Yeah cheerful cheerful let's let's go to from one cyberpunk dystopia to another um that being uh a new indiana jones video game yeah (laughs) 
okay. Maybe. No, but this is what really this is is that this is a, a lean in on the fact that uh, Lucas uh, Lucas Films has recreated, created for the first time, re-resurrected into a different form. Um, Lucas Arts as Lucas Film yep. Games. So. Mm-hmm. As as of last week, it seems that Lucasfilm is going to take much more control over the the direction of their video game. Exp- which that technically, uh, Lucas Arts did have a game division that got absorbed mm-hmm. by EA mm-hmm. long, long time ago. Yep. You know, and there's rumors here and there about like, is this because you know EA has not been doing so hot for them? I mean, I think from a from our standpoint, the answer to that is probably yes. I mean, but, is it because EA is a literal dumpster fire? Probably. <laughs> let's, think, let's, let's call a spade a spade. Well, we can call a spade a spade, but Lucas Lucasfilm Games did not. They they made it pretty clear that they still intend and have open projects with EA. So this is not the end of EA-produced Star Wars games, more as this is the beginning of, okay, everyone else can try their shot, too. Yeah. At Lucasfilm um, I, Games' discretion. And I think the reason why is probably from the nudging of Disney that, I hate to say it, but I think Disney and EA are actually on really bad terms right now. And so really? far, I love to say it. I mean, I know creatively speaking, sure, that's probably true, but where do the, I, I don't know where the numbers are with this because I still think Star Wars video games make money for EA and Disney. I can't imagine that they're... I mean, I guess they have to be bad enough that this is happening, or is or did we really get to them in the creative sense? Like, hey, creatively speaking, these can be better, and EA's just not off to snuff. Did we really... Did our sing-song and playing our little violins actually work to that degree and convince the higher-ups that this needs to happen for purely creative purposes? Mm-hmm. And I well, I mean, oh. maybe. I mean, we keep in mind that we are talking about the fact that the... The biggest, uh, I, I, I will reiterate or I will reemphasize the biggest uh, debacle that EA has faced, I would argue, in its entire existence as a company was with a Star Wars property. So yeah. it's entirely possible. Maybe right? we're on the same yep, page. About okay. Oh, yeah. The the era of the era of the oh, my God, loot boxes are even worse than we imagine. And the fact that uh, currently in certain parts of the European Union, loot boxes are now officially considered gambling. gambling. Small mm-hmm. victories in the world. Which, I, it's a mixed bag, I'll put it this way. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad for the death of loot boxes, but at the same time, it's like, now how are developers going to get their money back on yep. games? The money that they would have gotten from loot boxes. Yeah. and You know so they're not, it... you know not going to go back. Oh no, God no. <laughs> oh God no. Uh, uh, there is no there is no rewind button when it comes to companies and profit. You yeah. either keep making records or you don't. It's just Stonks 101. Yeah. And that's the thing is that uh, loot boxes were gearing up to be potentially a way for getting money back. But with them now being officially considered gambling, and in those countries if something is considered gambling, it's either illegal or can only be done by a legal adult. Which, uh, sorry, 14-year-olds of, I think, Germany and France are the two on the, uh, the two that I can remember. Uh, you're not going to be playing uh, Overwatch or Overwatch 2 anytime soon unless they get rid of loot boxes entirely. Unless not forget Belgium before them. Aren't. Yeah. So. so on the happier note of this announcement, because, yeah, yeah, there's always this little underlying stuff going on as well. 
Um, mm-hmm. Like I referenced before, this means that one of the annou- announcements made along with this opening of the gates, I guess for lack of a better phrase, is first there is officially an Indiana Jones original game being created by this, this I guess, new Asterix studio. And they, In they conjunction. Already, yeah, this is, and this is the best part for me. This is why I like hearing it. So go ahead and say it, David. Say it. Uh, in conjunction with Bethesda. Yeah! Oh. Specifically the Nazi punching part of Bethesda, which really works for Indiana Jones. Well, I Jones mean, games. yeah, you would imagine you would imagine an Indiana Jones should be related to Nazi punching. That is oh, kind yeah. of a requirement. That, that means that the, the, the team that is creating a lot of the new Wolfenstein games is are the ones who have their hands in creating this new uh, game for for this new Indiana Jones game. Yeah. I, I saw some initial reports of people like People react like, "Oh no, Bethesda! It's going to be like Fallout," and I'm going like, "No, you idiots! Not that with the Bethesda, not that one, <laughs> not that one. The, the other Bethesda, the one with Wolfenstein and Doom. That Bethesda, which is pretty exciting because, yeah, I mean, those games are pretty solid. So, yeah, I, I, I am definitely going to at least give a thumbs up to Lucasfilm Games and Bethesda because. They've been it, like the team behind Wolfenstein and Doom and uh, every bit of Nazi and Nazi punching. They do make great games. They are solid. The other rumored <laughs> game being developed under Lucasfilm Games is uh, through Ubisoft and Ubisoft's massive entertainment uh, arm company group, whatever you want to call them. Basically, the, the people who made the Division Two and the crew are the ones who are looking at a an open world Star Wars game. This one is less of a thumbs up and going like, how is this? It's like, because I've heard Division 2 is kind of meh. I think you you hear meh from people who aren't into what the Division 2 is about. I'm not into what the Division 2 is about. Oh, no. This this was uh, the meh I actually heard was somebody who was, he was into the Division. He was hoping the Division 2 was just going to be more of it. And when he played it, it's like, it was too much of like the original Division. He was hoping for more expansiveness to it. And so it, for I, him, it felt like think, a pasta. Yeah, I think this still lends so. to the idea the, to that this. I mean, Ubisoft. I think it can hit or miss overall. Um, but Massive ha- does have experience in making some pretty good environment, which yeah, I mean, that's that's a really good first stepping stone for making a pretty good story. Is the place I'm running around in, you know, believable Needs and to feel well, Massive. Yeah, yeah, eh? yeah. I like it. I like it. I like it. Thank you. I mean, and both of these are way better than what we think EA can do anyway. So I'm already in the right direction. I mean, that's not to say EA's always been trash. At least, uh, certainly Bioware. But at least certainly modern. I'm excited to see what another company can do with a big property. And you know what? I I guess with that asterisk, it probably is worth mentioning that for all the shit we give EA and their Star Wars games, I mean, they make good eh, games. But they always throw such shit into it that ruins the whole experience. Again, like the loot boxes that we talked about. Like, probably what would have been a decent game otherwise just got, like, ruined because they're just so bad at this. They're so bad at, like... I I don't even know what it is. Like, how can you be so blatantly bad at running a Star Wars game that you you thought this was a good idea? But on the other hand, Fallen Order was a pretty good game. So, like, I guess there's kind of hope there and a reason, you know, a reason why they're probably still partnered with Lucasfilm Games in this. And I mean, if you go back far enough, this is the same EA we're talking about that once upon a time was behind Kodor. Yeah. And Kodor is lauded by virtually every Star Wars fan I know mm-hmm. as fucking sex on the plate. Yep. 
silver plate or at least you know maybe maybe you know one of the definitely one of the best games they've ever played if they're not really into that specific analogy but still <laughs> and hey maybe there's there's Cortor 3 on the horizon thanks to this maybe maybe who knows maybe we can hope now um i mean like some people have stated uh, some people have stated that the best way ea can make money is if ea actually keeps its hands off of the studios doing the development and let the studios do their own thing which uh respawn was the one that made fallen order right respawn i mean they've they've had yeah. some pretty good pretty massive hits you know in the last few years that being one of them so they they mm-hmm. may have bought themselves a lot of uh autonomy Cloud. from ea but yeah. who knows yeah there, there's been times when a studio got really good and then uh executives said like oh they've gotten too much freedom let's start meddling and then went down now uh, downhill from there i mean the funny oh. thing about that is that star wars has a history of what happens when a creator has to treat him too so oh yeah <laughs> oh yeah. god yeah <laughs> and millie you saw onto something and millie some people are going like can we have him back <laughs> so maybe maybe the, the the moral here is that this whole thing's a dice roll no matter what the, the variables are <laughs> we are actually playing rng with real life at this point <laughs> I mean, that is not the worst analogy I've heard in my lifetime. Uh, because we know how our, Go ahead. Because we, we know how fickle RNG Jesus is. Some oh, yeah. Days. Mm-hmm. oh, yeah. Well, I guess we'll just hope for the best, right? I mean, that's all we can do. And, like, and then vote with our dollars when it comes to that. Yep. Accurate. All right. Uh, any other thoughts on, uh, on one of the evils of the world, EA Games, and Lucasfilm Games, which is not evil? That was a really bad transition. I tried to do some of that. It didn't work. <laughs> You did Anything try. Else. You did try. Uh, not that I can think of, but we can still talk about video games in general, yeah. especially There's... somebody's opinion about them and how wrong it is. And, and test before we move on, you should know that in Star Wars there is no. Excuse you. <laughs> you are not Yoda. You don't get to say that line to me. Continue. Continue. So uh, th- I haven't looked this up, but apparently Eddie has looked up that the fact that the New York Times says we're playing too much video games. In an editorial, of which, of course, you know, editorial. Yeah, they're... Okay, so let me, let me, let me start off this topic real quick. I just got, I just got a quick say, a statement, and then we can move on into the topic. Go, uh, go. This is probably the least hot take I will say all night. Fuck that editorial. <laughs> all opposed? Here, here. <laughs> I am, I am all for that. Okay, now uh, we can talk about it. I mean, yeah, long story short is that there's an editorial in the New York Times today saying that kids are playing way too many games during the pandemic, which is like, huh, uh, to be more start? specific, To be more specific, it was uh, a whining about increased screen time, which was video games, as well as things like Netflix and what have you, and decreased outdoor activity time, which, hello, we are in a fucking pandemic. Think, McFly. Think. <laughs> Good reference. Yeah, uh. it's just like yeah, like the 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 initial bias in in this editorial, which again, it's an editorial, so I guess it's going to be biased no matter what you do, right? They're not claiming to be scientific here. Yeah. Is that that more screen time is negative? Which I mean, I can start right there. Yeah. Besides the fact of Fates, exactly what you're saying. We're in the middle of a pandemic. Of course, you know this is a complicated time that inevitably leads to increased screen time unless you're like actively avoiding it which is hard because we're trying to survive and go day by day here mm-hmm. some of us don't have houses that are like three square acres yeah accurate 
this also kind of flies like against the idea that I, I feel like even the even the editorial couldn't get away from this completely. But they mentioned that like this is one of the few a- safe avenues for continued social interaction. It's not the same yeah. as person to person interaction. Of course, it is. No, it is not. No, I don't think. I think yeah. a few people will argue against that. But it is the safe alternative we have now without a complete deterioration of social interaction, which is, exactly. should be a legitimate fear in these times. And yet, yeah, and, thank, thank God we have an alternative. Yeah. And especially for those kids that, you know, we're talking, I mean, we're not talking like 16, 17, or, you know, the plus from that where they're just uh, functionally uh, non-members of society. We're talking about like, yeah, sure, teenagers, but like even younger teenagers, 13, 14, even younger than that, where they're still developing who they are as a person by virtue of their relationships with their friends and peers. That's literally a that is literally part of the development cycle of a child. And this person is suggesting that they're spending too much time with what they can do for friendships, which is Zoom, which is video games with voice chat with their friends yeah and uh, other factors like if he's just considering uh video game screen time it's like i hate to say it but with the whole pandemic everybody's getting an increased quotations screen time absolutely yep. that's also something that didn't seem like and... they to cover is that this is the, the, the watermark went up for everybody not just kids <laughs> yep and uh, the factor is like i'm i'm going to basically state that like my niece uh my niece uh she's doing all of her classes from home via mm-hmm. zoom mm-hmm. and okay yeah that's one thing but i would also consider that screen time because a she's not sitting there you know moving her body get, getting that like muscle uh, like the muscle memory or like the feeling of moving about mm-hmm. and she's yeah. an extremely energetic child trust me on this <laughs> uh is the fact that like my uh, my sister uh, has is constantly dealing with trying to keep her to sit down and do the quotations classwork. Admittedly, mm-hmm. we're talking like classwork of a first or second uh, first grader. Yeah, so first. not nowhere near the nowhere near the caseload or the caseload the <laughs> workload of a freaking high school uh, kid. Obviously, yeah, uh, it's either first or second grade. So it's like, yeah. It's not going to be like heavy stuff, but I've been hearing from various people, whether it's from clients at work or just friends, that the only way that teachers are handling this are either by keeping uh, students longer on Zoom calls or by handing out more homework. Which neither of those is a great option for screen time as the argument. Yeah, and I, I, I honestly think that like, there, uh, like with the decreased workload, like if you're going to increase homework, decrease screen time. So like instead of like keeping a kid on a computer for like uh, six hours, is it six hours. You know, what? I honestly don't know how long kids are spending on, on in remote learning at this point. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, that's not a subject I've had the opportunity or really cause to study. I'll be honest. Admittedly, like I've heard that some sco- uh, some schools have kept uh, kids for like an entire uh, for the entire school day um and to me it's like i feel like that's just too much well you know and again I think the difference I, that opinion yeah. in, in my opinion would be the difference between again 
uh, if we're talking about high school, middle school, elementary school. Yeah. Um, from, uh, admittedly, like, I'm not sure how long my niece has been sitting at the computer, but my sister has described it as, like, they do take breaks from time to time and a lunch break, but I'm getting the gist that it sounds like they're basically keeping her on the computer for roughly the most of, uh, like, like 80% of a school day. My conjecture Which... in all of that, I feel, if I had to guess, man, I hope you guys can hear the moderate side. My conjecture with that would be is probably that younger kids, I think, probably end up spending a lot more time on those sessions just because they're kids and there's distractions yeah. and trying to get one to focus. Because I've heard a lot yeah. more stories about older kids, like high school kids, who might only spend like two or three hours a day on Zoom, but then they're the ones, they're exactly the ones where you give them a lecture and then help tell them to go do homework and they do their homework. I yeah. don't think it's quite that easy with young kids. Yeah. And yeah. with high uh, with high schoolers and maybe some middle schoolers. Yeah. Because uh, like, that I I can see that some of these middle schoolers are very dedicated and very driven. Um, that basically they can take a lecture, do the homework, and spend the rest of the time doing other things. But like with younger kids, um, admittedly this is based off of very old memories. Is the fact that I remember being a first grader, spending like a good maybe half of the day, uh, maybe learning basic stuff. And then the other half doing, like, stuff that would tire us out. Stuff that's, like, physical. Mm-hmm. Um, and which so, one like, of those is happening a lot less these days? Obviously the physical, but that's also <laughs> not something that necessarily the school can control. Yeah. Because yeah. we find ourselves in a situation where you can't exactly have, like, some... Uh, you can't exactly pull all the kids together for recess. That completely defeats the purpose of at home. The, the one angle that I have to wonder if, if this editorial tried to shoot for that I think may be understandable if they tried to wrangle it this way. I didn't see that in the article. But mm. you might be able to make a case for that maybe, you know, maybe you, some of us try too hard to, you know, get kids out of our way, out of our hair by giving them a screen and then go off on it. Like, I, you know, God. There, there is something to that, maybe. You know, but like, at the same time, that... I. I don't know. I, 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 f- I still feel like even then, that still feels a bit specious to me. Yeah, it, it, it is superficial if that's all you have to say about it. Because there's way more going on there than, than, than that, than even just that, that one action. There's a lot more. There's, a, there's yeah. a much deeper root cause going on there that we can't possibly address in a video game podcast. <laughs> you know, we're only I games. mean, we could try, <laughs> but we could try, but yeah. But, 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 like, but they obviously weren't taking that angle, the editorial at all, and they didn't mm. seem like interested in exploring that. Like, they just wanted to... It just, unfortunately, it just seemed they just wanted to go too much screen time. Shame on you. <laughs> yeah. Like, they, uh, wanted, they, wanted a, they wanted a quick reactor, uh, a quick reaction to say, this is evil because I said so, agree with me. And that's A, not how anything works, and B, not actually any root cause of it. I said good day, sir. I said good day. <laughs> but, I mean, like, my, uh, and this is just something that, this is my sister's parenting method, is that she was trying to make sure that my niece and nephew spent as little time as possible on electronic devices as possible, but with this entire situation, she's kind of had to break down and follow through with everything, and uh, it's just weird because now she kind of wants to go back to her old uh, her old parenting methods, but she can't because government mandates. Complicated situation. Yeah. Oh yeah. Way more 
complicated than I think the editor is giving it credit for, which is our gripe. Like this, this, this editor seemed to simplify and trivialize some way more going on than they were willing to. Yeah, and to put a, try and put a nice neat bow on a single villain when that's not how it works. Semi tangent. I, I heard something today. Um, God, I'm, I'm saying it, but now I'm forgetting what it was. It's oh shit. You know, never mind. I lost it. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> Uh, if it's important to uh, come back there was to it, it was some some correlation of if you do x you live longer i'm like and when i heard it today i'm like well that x has nothing to do with living longer it's like somebody just did like a, one of those like superficial correlation charts where like oh these correlate but you know there's you know correlation causation thing going on and now mm-hmm. it was so stupid now i can't remember what the correlation was but it was like like superficially stupid i wish i could tell you what it was but this is what that sounds like too. It's like someone is seeing a correlation somewhere and not seeing together what the actual causations. Yeah, yeah. And admittedly, like we can sit here and argue, but it's not going to change the argue, discuss, however you want to put it. But in the end, we're kind of just we're, until something happens with this whole situation, government mandates, whatever, finally get a a, a working uh, vaccine. We're not going to see too much of a return to the old style, because well, even if we, even once we do, there's a lot of things about how 2020 slash one functions that I don't know that we're ever going to necessarily go back exactly to the uh, good old days. Oh yeah, and I mean that's going way off a topic and veering into a deep tangent zone, but yeah. <laughs> So speaking of screen time, then let's talk about our screen time. <laughs> uh, so I have that a lot. Was all the okay. Yeah, I I have a lot in here because I, I I do. Now that we talked about screen time, I do spend a lot of screen time because that's what you do. That's what I probably would do normally. Um, but before I get into any stuff that I've been watching, I really want to hear about about you two have brought to the table because I'm actually interested in this and I'm looking forward to it. I just haven't chewed on it yet. Mm-hmm. But there's well, a lot of hype I behind it. Let, I will let. Asher, start us off, and I'll jump in with my opinion. Oh, like how how much I've done screen time? No, no, no. Uh, the specific one he's talking about. But yeah, whatever you've got beyond that as well. This is our media diet section. Go. Oh, media diet. Uh, well, uh, I kind of bugged uh, Michael into watching a anime series since Michael has the streaming service that is uh, has one of the streaming services that is streaming it. Mm-hmm. And that is a new anime series by the name of uh, Mushoku Tensei. And basic plotline, it's an isekai. But it's not like some uh, most of the other isekais that you'll encounter in the factor that uh, the interpretations of everything is actually done more, you know, like a realistic experience. It's not like, oh, you have HPMP experience. It's, oh, this is a rural area. Okay. Oh, this sounds like uh, the like kind of uh, little ritual that you encounter. Oh God, it's actual real magic. Uh, in the factor that uh, the main character was a neat. Uh, I think, uh, admittedly, the anime hasn't explained it, but he was like thirty-four at the time. Something like Got- that. He was in his thirties. They did. They did say that much. Hashtag yeah. relatable. He, uh, in his thirties. Uh, not relatable because you're not a neat. Yeah. No. You're you're not a neat of uh, you're not a neat Eddie. Fine. So for anyone for anyone who is less weeb than us, uh, <laughs> the uh, the the acronym neat stands for no education, employment, or training. So at best, uh, Eddie would be maybe a hikikomori, 
maybe. Yeah, I am definitely a hiki. I'm gonna look which is up. just a, which is just another way of saying uh, shut in introvert. Yes, well, I'm not that... an introvert. I would describe myself as a hermit, but that's me. <laughs> I am very much a shut-in introvert. I'm extremely much. But um, basically, he dies because he actually tried to push... Uh, he say uh, he pushed somebody out of the way of a moving truck, and he got killed for it. Um, he got reincarnated with all of his memories, mm -hmm. because the, the funny thing about it is that you actually get to hear his thoughts in his 30-year-old voice... Well, as he's, yeah, being born. As is being born, and uh, he's a bit of a pervert. Uh, that's that's putting it mildly. Mild, yeah. But at the same time, it's like he tries to be a bit savvy about things at the same time. And sometimes it just backfires and horribly for him. Mm -hmm. Like the tree. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, there's only... I think episode two got released Sunday. Yeah, I think so. Uh, we we made a pact that we're going to be after stream on Fridays. We're going to be watching the episode. So yeah. we've only watched episode one. We won't be watching episode two until Friday. Yep. Um, but it definitely feels like it has promise to it. Yeah, I would agree. With um, that and and I guess from the sounds of it, you feel like it's a little. It's just enough different and new, maybe even just well done compared to other isekais that it, it draws the attention uh considering that like when this uh when the light novels for this one got published was back in 2011 it was on the ver uh, it was on the early onset of the isekai wave yeah i was gonna say that's early days isekai yeah so technically there it, it's kind of weird in the fact that it finally got an anime but then again like from what i've heard the light novels like they're getting into like volume thirty, so they they have a lot of uh, stuff that they can do mm -hmm. without quotations catching up. And admittedly, they may catch up to um, the uh, manga adaptation, but eh, if you've got light novels, you can continue on and sad to say, spoil everything in the manga for you, <laughs> which but, is kind of funny, but. It, it, what's really funny to me, and this is a this is a minor segue, mm -hmm. is uh, thinking about that, and then also thinking to like say, for example, um, FMA is another good example of this, where you would think that the process of writing and drawing still images would be a bit faster than the process of fully animating a, an anime, or at least I would think. Maybe you wouldn't think, but I would think. That. Mm -hmm. I, I can see that. Yeah. So it's it is odd to me that you have, um, as with FMA, where we ended up with the first one, uh, where the first one ending up taking a very hard right into what the fuck, <laughs> and then the second one going, oh wait, no, we actually want to be, we want to follow <laughs> the actual manga. Let's try that again now. Take two, Brotherhood. Um, it's just weird to me that you have that scenario where you might end up with a, uh, with a situation where this one also gets a brotherhood moment by virtue of the fact that we may pass the light novels, like you said, or rather pass the manga, like you said. Yeah. And Maybe by pass the light novels. Well, from what I've described the, uh, from what I've heard, the manga is maybe two thirds of the way. Uh, like anywhere from like 50% to maybe 70% mm -hmm. 
of what the light novels are. Mm-hmm. Um, so in, in this case, the anime may surpass it, uh, may surpass the manga adaptation, but they'll still, uh, fr- uh, but they'll still probably continue following the path of the light novels. Now there are uh, like there are some really bad, uh, like weird adaptations of other anime that's like, oh, they surpassed the manga. Um, some probably uh, gregarious examples would be uh, Naruto, where like literally it took off like a rocket, but they started doing uh, the anime probably when they only had like a hundred chapters. Uh, I and... need to correct you really quick before I forget. Uh, the word you were looking for is egregious. Egregious. Gregarious. gregarious means talkative. It could be that. <laughs> well, I mean, we are talking about Naruto, so it is particularly <laughs> gregarious, but. <laughs> The uh, differences were egregious. Egregious. Okay. Um, but yeah, it is affected that sometimes, uh, like, cert- uh, and this is more of like something that I can explain a little bit, is that uh, the way the anime industry works is not the same that the way uh, manga or um, the uh, light novels, uh, light novel industry works. Okay. Uh, light novel uh, is pro- uh, the be- uh, closest approximation is of course um, like the serial uh, story magazines like the really old analog or uh, basically science fiction magazines that just published a bunch of smaller stories in them. Mm-hmm. Or for for the really old uh, viewers, listeners, uh, Reader's Digest. Yeah, well, Reader's Digest is technically <laughs> that thing's been around since the beginning of time. Well, that's what I mean, but the, yeah. the only people who actually read it are the really old. Yeah. At least that's been my experience. I don't know. Considering that I think you can get Reader's Digest as a uh, as a free uh, as a free thing now, which is weird. Probably with ads. <laughs> yeah, but um, so it's very similar to basically a publishing uh, a magazine publisher. Uh, manga, once again, it's similar to uh, in this case a mix between like comic uh, like comics as in like marvel and dc style comics mm-hmm. and slash or newspaper comics okay the reason why i mention that is that uh manga comes in a weekly bi-weekly monthly and then serial level which is generally like whenever they feel like publishing it some days of the week Hello Berserk, hello Hunter x Hunter. <laughs> we see uh, like you've released two chapters this year, Berserk. Good on you. Um, this year? Yeah, this year two chapters of Berserk. Wow, that's actually pretty impressive. Wait, this year as in twenty twenty one. Oh no, uh, sorry, last year twenty twenty. Oh, okay, two chapters. <laughs> I thought you were, I thought you were actually complimenting them. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like we're hoping to get a chapter this year for Berserk. Well, I mean, if we got if we averaged two chapters last year, I don't think "average" is the word I wanted, but that's okay. Uh, <laughs> that if we, if we amassed, there we go, two chapters last year, then by that logic, yeah, we should see at least two chapters this year. Uh, depending on how long ago the last one was, could be anywhere between now and June. Yeah, um, I could mention memes about the whole thing with Berserk, but uh, he's the the guy behind Berserk has had enough problems as is. So, anything else um, to say about this anime? Uh. So, back to the main topic of uh, Mushoku Tensei. It has potential. I am definitely looking forward to it. I don't think they're going to catch up to either right now. 
um, because they they did get a couple of chapters, but I think they're going to slow down a bit since they've now introduced probably the main cast for the uh, like most of the main cast for the early section of the series. I'm not sure uh, at what point that the anime will stop, but I think I think it was going to have like a 25 episode count. I'd have to double Ooh, check. It's a healthy amount. Yeah, that's something um, this is about. Yeah, it, it's not a bad amount. It's just a okay. Let's uh, see what we have. Uh, other series that I've watched would be uh, so I'm a spider. So what? Which which okay, is I'll say I have a tidbit about that. Uh, is another isekai that is much more in vain with the current trend where you have stats like HP. SP, which is stamina, MP, and of course experience. Um, but it operates a lot different than uh, in the fact that the main character reincarnates as a mob enemy. Oh. In probably the hardest dungeon, and they're just trying to survive. Uh, but the probably major difference is the fact that uh, our main character uh like our folk uh, our main character who revives is basically a spider which is why it's called i'm a spider so what uh we don't just follow her because her entire class including the teacher got isekai'd oh and so we'll occasionally cut to uh, her other classmates and follow a little bit of them and there and see what's going on with them and Every time I see the classmates, they're like, oh, we're so unfortunate. I'm going, you bastards. Yeah, they're comparatively doing much better in case I wasn't. Yeah. So I'm guessing, I'm guessing based on what I'm hearing so far, that the classmates did not get reincarnated as spiders. Uh, the, and one has reincarnated, quotations, as a pet, but the rest are like nobles or people in high places or very special people. Uh, okay, so yeah, it's... It's the it's the one guy is a spider. One person is admittedly not doing so hot, and everybody else is whining as literal first world problems. Yeah, yeah. Uh, basically the main character is actually a girl, um, and it's actually kind of implied, and they showed a little bit of it is that even when in the quotations uh, Earth, she was basically bullied a lot too. Oof. So yeah. Uh, essentially, it's like she, uh, it wasn't like, you know, like heavy bullying. It was just like, oh, bullying. And she doesn't, and like she can at least escape from it at home. Or she just kind of has a like really depressing life. And now that she's a spider, it's like, ah, this is just oil onto the flames right now. So I want to add a little bit of trivia to your discussion about so I'm a spider, so what? Because mm -hmm. um, it should be mentioned that the, the spider character herself, is actually is CGI and a lot of heavy CGI is used on the on the protagonist of this series. It's not it's, that bad. No, it's actually really good. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're, but this is where it gets fun because especially because we brought it brought up the example of the studio <laughs> responsible for this character's CGI and the CGI of this anime. Mm -hmm. Yeah, same studio did Berserk. <laughs> okay, what? <laughs> Which is a glow up for anyone who doesn't who who hasn't seen the Berserk anime that came out a few years ago. They, yeah, it, it was bad. It looked looked terrible. They are doing it, worlds better on on this anime. It, here's the f weird part about this is the fact that like the first uh, like it it did this weird turn where it's like okay, it started looking a bit better, but then longer the longer it went, the worse it got. <laughs> 
Whereas normally it's like the longer like a CG anime goes, the better like they figured everything out and got uh, did things better. No, so it's the fact that it's like, oh god, this is going to be. It, it's really amazing at what they did. Mm-hmm. So I, I am definitely. From. <laughs> yeah, and Melly, there's an anime that I am not watching, even though it is actual cyberpunk. But I'm not watching it because it's a horrible mix of uh, traditional and CGI, and the it just looks horrible. Because uh, I've only seen screenshots, and I've read a little bit of the manga, and it's not that impressive. And the anime is called X Arm. Avoid it at all costs. Oh, it's yeah, it. it's horrible, hot garbage. Because the anime itself. Uh, Almost all of the 3D CG models look very generic. They don't even look try to look like their characters. <laughs> Whereas, like the hand-drawn characters, kind of look very, at least decently respectable of their manga counterparts. But it's kind of sad in the fact that they made all the main characters CG and then all the secondary characters hand-drawn. You're like, oh god. So all the secondary characters look infinitely better than the primary. Yes. That's fun. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, other than that, like I've just been playing catch up with some of the season twos or the final season of uh, Attack on Titan because <laughs> Attack on Titan the manga has finished. Yeah, I think we talked about it in a previous episode. Yeah, I, I, one yeah. day, one day I'll get back, I'll jump back on I'll jump back on that thing. Yeah, probably this year. Maybe this year. But other than that, uh, nothing much. Probably the only other thing that I could probably mention is I got introduced to a short, like, two-minute animated, uh, like, YouTube uh, series from uh, the people behind... Uh, uh, it, it's being sponsored by Bandai Namco uh, called Pui Pui Mocaller. And I introduced this to a mutual friend of ours, uh, Mackenzie, and she is super enamored with it right now. It's actually cheering her up a bit. Um, But basically, the world takes place where cars are living guinea pig cars, which is the whole... Pui Pui is uh, the onomatopoeia of what a guinea pig... uh, The sound a guinea pig makes. That does sound pretty adorable. Yeah. It is pretty adorable because the mole cars are felt. And whenever, uh, like, all the quotations people are, like, little tiny, like, citizen figurines that you'd see on like a train set but whenever they zoom in on them they're kind of like stock still pictures of actual people animated out a bit (laughs) um it it is a fun and cute series um it's definitely one of those like oh it's it's nice to watch because they're like two three minutes max each Mm -hmm. um other than that there's a couple of other series i'd like to get my hands on but uh trying to get my hands on them uh yeah, no, I don't want to pay money for Funimation app. Fuck those guys. That's not great. So I, I will have to go uh, other routes to watch them. Whereas I wouldn't mind paying money for Funimation if it wasn't for the fact I'm already paying money for both Netflix and Hulu. And at yeah. that point, it's starting to feel like I am might as well just have cable again. And at that point, <laughs> uh, hell no. Nope, we're out. We're done. <laughs> Good day, sir. The moment that's the that moment that's where my brain goes, I'm like, no, we're done here. That's that's. Amazing. I think I subscribed to about four different. That's because you have money yet. I also yes, have someone else's Disney Plus, but that doesn't count because I'm not paying for that. <laughs> oh, then it's only three. <laughs> okay, 
Yeah, I, I'm only counting the ones that I myself actually am the uh, payer of. Direct owner of the account. Yeah, the ones that if someone, if the account were to be canceled, it's literally me to blame because I'm the one who told them to Yeah. You know what? By that logic, then it's only two. It's only Netflix and Funimation I pay for. Oh. I wonder if there's anything else I'm paying for that I'm forgetting, but I didn't see only once. I guess Prime? I guess you can maybe kind of count that? Yeah, it's Prime Video. Yeah, Prime. Okay. Yeah, but at the same time, people usually don't uh, pay for Prime for Prime Video. Yeah. Prime Video is the um, is the addendum that you get for free because you're a Prime member. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. At least that's how I look at it. It's a good way to look at it. Although they're getting a lot stronger more and more as time progresses on their video lineup. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're not terrible. Uh, although I do have to say that most of the stuff that I've uh, seen on there that I've wanted was, oh, so you want to watch this? Cool. Uh, you can buy it from us since you're a Prime member. What? <laughs> uh, I'm going to be honest and say that I have, in fact, done so. Uh, because I'm not about that Armady life anymore. I'm reformed. And so I've actually paid for Doctor Who for the okay. modern seasons. Because they have it there if you pay for it. As opposed to Netflix, which no longer has it at all. Shame. Very much so. Yeah. Plus, Anything anyways, else? Netflix oh, was Netflix sorry. was always kind of spotty about the specials, so... And now I'm done talking about that. I have to catch up with Doctor Who. I haven't watched the latest. I actually haven't watched the latest one either, but it is available now, so I really should. Same I probably that. will, and watch it tomorrow. Just binge it. So I, I'm pretty much good for media. Okay, I'll go so. through some of the more unique things I've been watching. Um, I mean, I, I think I mentioned Tony Kawa a bunch, but I will once again plug it because I love that anime, and it's probably going to be one of my top favorites moving forward in my life, so watch it. Yeah. Um, but some in the non-anime realm, I've been watching a lot of stuff. Um, WandaVision came out last week on Friday. They mm-hmm. premiered of two episodes. They are running it pretty similar to Mandalorian in that it's going to be anywhere from 30 minutes to 50 minutes, depending on what they decide to do in that particular episode. And the first two were about 30 plus. Mm-hmm. And, um, so far, what they're doing with Wanda, WandaVision is that it seems to be relying on at least going in a direction that, that Wanda is using the reality-bending portion of her powers to, to cause, well, to cause her happiness, but uh, but like these stories tend to go, it probably has some consequence on others around her down the line. So, so I do want, I want to, I want to poke at that one a little bit, because sure, sure. I've, I've seen, obviously, the ads for WandaVision, and I've been like, huh, I don't, I have no clue. What, what, should I, should I care? Uh, so that's actually my question. Should I, it, as someone who has no idea who Wanda is or who Vision is outside of knowing Vision as a, I believe, DC character, um, should I no. care or should I be interested or care about it? I mean, they're both Marvel characters for sure. Okay. Um, I th- if you, well, let's see. There's kind of a couple ways to go about this. I mean, I'll say off the bat, I like it. I do like it very much, and I like what they're doing with it. But from there, it, there's two different paths to follow as far as how it's going to grab you. The first off is being purely superficial in what they're present- presenting, is that this whole series is going to be is going to be playing off uh, late, sen- late 20th century uh, sitcom tropes. It's like the first okay. two episodes were in black and white, and they're making fun of, of like I Love Lucy and Bewitched and that kind of stuff. They're playing off of those tropes. Okay. And it seems like they're doing a pretty faithful job re- recreating the tropes and you know the laughs and the types of jokes and comedy you would see in those. So if you have any kind of, you know, if that tugs at your heartstrings a little bit, there's some sort of nostalgia factor. And truthfully, I think even just as they, as presented, they are pretty entertaining in and of themselves. That'll probably do it for you. So, I mean, I can see a faint nostalgia pull on that. 
Uh, I don't know if that would be strong enough to make it a must-watch, must-see TV. So then there's the other track here that it runs parallel, is that the, this, this is all surrounded by a big old mystery that's going on. Because if you know, if you watched Endgame and the Infinity War and all yeah. that stuff, you know that Vision, the character Vision, is dead. Dunzo was not resurrected, not saved. And all of a sudden he's appearing in this TV show. And no one... And no one, like, no one has, has made explanation for it. Of course, because it's pretty clear that Wanda and Vision are in their own little world, almost literally. Maybe to what degree, we're not sure, but they are in their own little world. Mm-hmm. And any any attempt by outside characters or even their own, they themselves, to remember where they came from is, like, being, like, purposely blocked. And even in the second episode, it seems to be, like, almost Wanda herself is blocking out any reminder that she's living in a fantasy like it's like hmm. to a degree some degree she knows she's living in a fantasy to live out her dream life and her with her now dead husband dead lover or whatever you want to call her but at the same time is doesn't actually want to know that that's the yeah yeah it's clear that she is that she is having some sort of control over this universe to prevent being pulled out of it she wants to be where she's at there's even one explicit scene where something completely out of the universe that they're in, not getting this like bewitched kind of movie going going on here, mm-hmm. something that is totally not of the bewitched you know universe comes out and like approaches them and she's like nope ignore it. There a rewind sequence happens and she goes right back to her idyllic life. So like there is like intent in her to keep this whatever she's in going. And if if you know, if you're recalling what happened in the movies, we know probably because the life she's living is a lie because her husband, her lover is dead. And yet her lover's standing right in front of her. So some manipulation is going on. And then with some comic book knowledge, you know that Wanda has the ability to rewrite the universe if under the right conditions and under the right stresses. So there is a little bit of speculation going on, like how much of this is exactly her doing, her manipulation of the world, and at what cost. And is there another third party involved, basically? The, so there's like this whole Marvel meta, meta thing going on on that track, which in addition to, we already know from upcoming movies, like both the, the new Stephen Strange movie, the Doctor Strange movie, and the Spider-Man movie, we mm-hmm. know that the direct result of what one is doing here is going to lead into those movies because it's likely going to affect the multiverse. Like It's likely going to screw up reality in some way that Doctor Strange has to fix it and that it somehow brings in multiple Spider-Mans from multiple universes into the movie. Like, there's some speculate but we know, that, we know that one is involved in that so that's what's going on and that's why i think for me both of those are more than enough to keep me going and invested in it i think it's entertaining in and of itself but it's also great to know that there's so much other like machinations and it's only gonna be like nine episodes that are about roughly half an hour each so it's not like too much of a commitment okay so there's that <clears throat> the other thing that i've been really in on lately is the the new season of american gods they are in their third season. This mm-hmm. ep- two episodes have been released at the time of this recording. And, I mean, there isn't much to say about it. Like, at this point, I think you have to be into it to care. And I'm into it, and I care. And I think it's doing a fun job at bringing the, the novel, the Neil Gaiman novel, to life, for the most part. They have some different changes. They're doing some weird stuff because cast members keep coming and going. And, you know, there's some drama behind the scenes of that stuff. It's hard to... But it's still pretty interesting. And I, the actors are fascinating in and of themselves that a fun watch and these are the kind of shows that are great that oh great it's only 10 episodes a season so like your commitment is not like it is minimal ish you know, yeah for... you're not committing to you're not committing to an entire 
Naruto or an entire Doctor Who classic worth of episodes. Yeah, or, or even like CW twenty twenty three episode season that feel like they stretch for soul, even though I love them, but they stretch for. So yeah, there's a lot of that going on. American Gods is good. They, it's a Showtime show, so they have good backing. Money is well spent most of the time. And again, if you like what Neil Gaiman does, I think they're doing a pretty decent job at bringing that stuff. To the 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 last one worth mentioning now in detail is Star Trek Discovery. I'm I'm a big fan of it. I really like it. I know there's always, well, not always. I know there's some contention about it, especially the first season has some points of contention, but I think they've been doing a good job at it. Honestly, for me, my biggest contention has always been and still is that the idea of purchasing CBS All Access, excuse me, Paramount Plus, um, for what at the time was really just one show. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> fair. It uh, doesn't, doesn't sit well with me. Now, granted, yes, with Paramount Plus, fair. yes a lot more stuff that they're going to start having but at the same time that's going to come at the cost of other um other streaming services that might have had that content before i i, th- I thought there was a move of this star trek discovery was available somewhere else but maybe i'm wrong about that or maybe i was thinking paramount plus and didn't realize it um so yeah i guess you're right there is a there is a bit of a, of a financial commitment to getting it and the only thing i can say to that is that wait until the end of a season and just binge it all <laughs> pay pay one month's worth and just binge it all because again thankfully these a lot of these glorious seasons of tv shows are only 10 episodes ish so they don't require a full day's worth of viewing to to catch up on something mm-hmm. so there's always that approach that I would I would recommend, and it's totally within the legal confines of what you can do. And that's all I can re- recommend officially on here. So there's that. But as far as the show itself goes, I, I'm I'm really enjoying it. I, I know a lot of people complain about the Klingons in the first season, and I think they're a lot like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But I really like what they do Star Star Trek. I think it's fun. They do a lot with their characters. Their characters are compelling, and it's no more more wacky and out there than anything else that's come before it. I, I do hear a lot of criticisms that are like, well, that doesn't make any sense. They did A, B, and C. I'm like, uh, sure, but neither does a lot of what happens in Star Trek. Since, and as far as the bar goes, they are not approaching the bar of inconceivable. But okay, you you do you and being overtly protective of the original series. Go ahead. But again, people have their take. And I think they're doing yeah. a pretty good job. And they have a fourth season coming up, so they're not, they're not hurting. But I think it's well worth and that's it, because the only thing else I watched was The Invaders M and Morocco's Modern Life Netflix movies, which are fun. If you like those stuff, watch them. Watch them. They're fun. Cartoons. Yay. <laughs> and that's all, folks. So, with that, any last-minute things worth bringing up? Eh, not really. Not that I can think of. I think we did it. We, we've we covered the last two weeks in FRG Live. So now we can we have another... casted another pod. Oop. Woot. Cast in the name of pod. Yee. <laughs> <laughs> Why did yeah, my like brain it. immediately go go to oh. freaking Big O of all things? <laughs> I was thinking of a song. I no, I, I was sorry. I was like sitting there going like, as soon as you said we've cast another pod, all I could think of is just the literal splash screen from Big O. It's like cast another name, cast in the name of God, ye not guilty. And it's like, how do I convert that to cast it in the name of Pod, ye geek yeah, front row geeks? <laughs> it's like no, that doesn't work at all that's horrible i love big o we can talk about that it was good uh, i'm pretty <laughs> sure weird. uh if only there was a third season okay and then with that we'll go ahead and call it we we've done it we'll as far as frg weekly goes we'll be back in a couple weeks may or may not be an frp in between uh, you got any mm-hmm. previews for us asher or uh nope 
Uh, I'll have to double check what I have, but uh, there, uh, like, I'm I'm trying to come up with ideas for new topics we could talk about, especially with some of the new stuff like that. We could talk about deep fakes. We could honestly do. T- we actually could talk about deep fakes. Yeah, that might be a bad one. Um, gonna write that down then. And but an idea was born. <laughs> yeah, we'll have to tag that one for our list of things we could do. Mm-hmm. So look forward to that, everybody. And with that, we'll you'll hear from us another time. Bye, Bye. everybody. Bye, everybody. This has been a presentation of Front Row Geeks. Adios.